Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Quinn Ewers are the top three quarterbacks off the board in this 2024 mock draft Monday. Who else comes after them and what order do they land? We'll tell you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Day, I'm your boy Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson podcast. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day, Monday through Friday, whenever we drop these episodes. Appreciate y'all for being our family and our every single day. Let's take pride in that, guys. But I can't talk about anything championship related without my guy, Mr. LSU, the champ himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the talent code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, and what? 2019 national champ with those LSU fighting Tigers, man. But you know why we're here? Myself, Damian Parsons, your dynamic duo, man. We are here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24-7, 365. Yes, we're in the July, and we're still flowing. Hey, that was rhyming right there, DP. I'm getting better at this intro thing. But, man, listen, you know what to do. Is today is mock draft Monday, and that's might be why I have the short the short shirt on. DP, I guess it's it's, it's suns out, guns out, right? I, I'm feeling myself on this Monday morning. DP mock draft Monday, one of my favorite uh you know things we do, right? We go through mock drafts, and so DP, uh, I believe you're going to fire up, right? You're you're going to do the the technology thing. This is week three, I believe that you'll be able to kind of flow this thing. You're going to do the technology thing. We're going to pull up this mock draft and do what we do. Go through picks one through ten. Talk about it, right? This is early on um, scenarios, right? Things that could happen, potentially happen. Some of the prospects that are mentioned in this mock draft in certain positions and just talk about if we disagree, right? Last week was Jordan Reed. This week we're transitioning um, to one of our one of our guys over there. Is this was this one at Sports? Uh, Sports Australia, Jack Borowski. Yeah, Zach. Jack yep. We, we'll go through his and wait on and then DP will pull it up. So let's get this thing started. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're watching on YouTube, you should be able to see this, you know, as it is pulling up right now. We're going to get into it. You know how we do it here. Starting off with pick one. And number one, we have the Arizona Cardinals staying put and selecting quarterback Caleb Williams out of USC. And number two, we have our first trade of the mock, the Los Angeles Rams trade up with the Arizona Cardinals, and they select quarterback Drake May from North Carolina. At number three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting quarterback Quinn Ewers out of Texas. The Tennessee Titans at number four, selecting Jared Verse, edge rusher from Florida State. At number five, we have offensive tackle Amarius Mims as OT1 out of Georgia to the Indianapolis Colts. Number six, after the trade with the Rams, the Arizona Cardinals select Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. 
at number seven, the Chicago Bears, uh, via the pick from the Carolina Panthers from the 2023 trade, uh, NFL draft trade, they select edge rusher Chop Robinson from Penn State. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select defensive tackle Michael Hall Jr. from Ohio State. At number nine, the New England Patriots select offensive tackle Olu Fashanu from Penn State. And at number 10, Washington Commanders select offensive tackle Patrick Paul from Houston. Keith, what stood out to you? I want to go to, to, to pick number two, and I, I have a thought process and a question, right? The pick number two, you have the Los Angeles Rams trading up to get um, Drake May, right? And, and this question slash conversation revolves around, I don't want to say, was it, is it worth it or was it worth it, right? Because this was the team that everybody was critical of the general manager, I believe, what, Les Snead, um, of trading away all the first round picks, right? Like he traded with all the first round. It's like, man, your future is going to be so horrible. You know, you're going to suck for 10 years. And it doesn't appear, if, if this happens, right, they didn't suck for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like last year, they, they, they weren't good, right? The last year they were bad, but the year before that, they won a Super Bowl, right? So you win a Super Bowl, you have a bad year. Then this year, I'm assuming, right, I don't know what, what position they're trading up from, but they're probably going to be an average team, right? Average to maybe bad. Let's say even if they – like, think they've traded up from six. Okay, so they had a bad season, right? So that, that's two years of a bad season. But if Drake May is as advertised, you're right back on the plan of rebuilding this roster so you have probably two years and you can be in a good situation. So I would – I'm asking you, right? And I will ask our, you know, people tapping in, our family, like, as a fan, would you be okay with that, right? Like, we traded away our first-round picks, we won a Super Bowl, and then now, in a year or two, you're telling me I have one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL draft to rebuild my team and move forward. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would be happy with that, right? Because we see teams uh, essentially selling the farm for to, to, to basically – uh, win the Super Bowl, right? We see it in, in, in you know, not not just the Super Bowl, but even the NBA an NBA title, right? We see it all the time. Like the teams try to trade away young pieces and picks to get veterans, so forth and so on. If you win the title, like it pays off. Now it's all about okay, what's the the time difference from okay, we won the title. How many years are we going to be bad? And if you're the Los Angeles Rams and you only had what two, three bad seasons, and then you get Drake May. Right, and, and, and you get to rebuild, and you have a quarterback that you can build around that's on a rookie deal and a rookie contract. Oh no, I think uh, you should be very happy with that with with that result. Yeah, who, who I ask you, like flipping on you? You've read all the picks and stuff. Which one stands out to you, DP, um, as a selection? Right here, OT one, Amarius Mims, not not Olu Fashanu, not Joe Alt. Amarius um, Mims, this, not JC Latham. Right, right. This this is pretty cool, though. To, and and I guess cool, and if that's the right way to say it, but I, I would say interesting, right? This is interesting because we just had this conversation, right, in our scouting notebook series about guys to circuit, and his name came up, and I asked you, DP, and you were like, "Nah, like, like this is a dude, right? Like if he puts it all together, this guy can be a first rounder." And to see him at the top of this mock draft, like you said, above. Those the rest of those guys be is is, is, is interesting, right? Like to see him yeah. as offensive tackle one, because especially for him, he will only have one year as a full time starter. Where Joe Alt has been would have been a starter for multiple years. You would have had at least two full years from for for uh, Olu Fashanu as well, right? And, and if those guys, JC Latham, 
So if all those guys stay 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 on par of what they've done already, or even play better. Like you know, for him to still be OT one is it means that. I mean, granted, he's six seven, three three thirty, moves well for his size, got long arms, all that good stuff. I get it. This was just the one that caught me off guard, and I think it's one of those. I I, I well, it kind of, it also goes on brand a little bit with the Colts, right? The Colts are the Colts are a team that like. Was it the um, the the RAS score, the RAS score stuff? Like, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? It's height, weight, athleticism, arm length. We saw that. Like they outside of Josh Downs, almost all the picks they picked uh, in this in the 2023 draft uh, were were high on that on that on that spectrum. So yeah, when, you, when um, you think about it, right? The the tight end from Virginia, right? He uh, yep. Jelani Woods, Jelani six, Woods. Seven, Michael Pittman, big guy, Alec Pierce, right? Jonathan Taylor. Um, who who else is on that list? It's it's, it's a it's a oh, bunch of different corners. Names. They went Darius uh, Rush, and, yeah, Julius Brents, Darius Julius Rush. Brent. So you're you're right, DP. Like this just been a trend, and I, they must have a a very strict standard, right? Of of you have mm-hmm. to reach these measurables as a football player before we draft, because it, it's no coincidence. Like you you look at it, the coach probably have one of the biggest teams in the NFL, or, or <laughs> right. they're they're striving to have one of the bigger teams in the NFL. And the only outlier they have is Josh Downs, who they selected last year. Right, right. He, he just told totally, me, and it was like, you know, we just need something all the way different. So they gave <laughs> Josh that opportunity, which I think is going to pay off for them, man, with him operating in the slot. Sure, DP, sure. that was picks one through ten, man. But we know we're gonna fire this thing up get through picks 11 through 20 which i always say i I like getting deep into the mock drafts because that's when you see the crazy name pulls and it's usually when i get a little angry right when i see things that i disagree (laughs) with man so we're gonna fire this thing up coming up next man picks 11 through 20 from this mock draft these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you need to do is go ahead and set up your account, then add your job and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You have simple tools at your your disposal, like screening questions, uh, just to make sure and make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize quickly who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank Rate LinkedIn job number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. At number 11, the Chicago Bears select cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama. At number 12, the Green Bay Packers select another defender. Safety corner hybrid Cooper Dijon from Iowa at 13. We had the Las Vegas Raiders selecting defensive tackle Gabe Hall out of Baylor. And number 14, the Minnesota Vikings select tight end Brock Bowers out of Georgia. And number 15, the Timber Broncos select offensive tackle Jordan Morgan uh, from Arizona at 16. The New York Giants select defensive back Javon Bullard from Georgia, 17. The Detroit Lions select offensive tackle Brandon Coleman out of TCU. At 18, we have Pittsburgh Steelers selecting wide receiver Malik Neighbors from LSU. 19, we have Los Angeles Chargers selecting uh, offensive tackle Joe Alt from Notre Dame. At number 20, another offensive tackle off the board to the Miami Dolphins, Anthony Belton from North Carolina State. 
Keith, where do you want to start? I have a bunch of places <laughs> I can go um, with this. I, I mean, the Minnesota. How many Vikings, made you angry, though? How many of these picks made you angry? That's what I want to know. I think the Minnesota Vikings. When I was like, okay, what are we doing? Like, I, I, let's so, so let's start there. We we'll start the Minnesota Vikings, and it, and it, and the reason is is that what what I mean, you had T.J. Hawkinson, right? And I, I get it that Bowers is is on another level, right? Like, you, and you can say that, but Hawkinson is still. A really good football player. Like it's not like he's a bad tight end. And I just think with these Minnesota Vikings team, right? It's it's okay. We know we can put up points. You know what I'm saying? The head coach you hired. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like the offensive weapons you have, Justin Jefferson. Now you have Jordan Addison, like TJ Hawkinson. You know we can score points. Now it's about becoming a more well-rounded team, DP. And I don't know if just adding another tight end necessarily makes you a more well-rounded team. So I would like them to address the interior defensive line position, right? Like, like really invest into that position. Um, it, I always say this, the Minnesota Vikings are a team that I feel like they're always drafting corners and they still always need corners, right? Like, so maybe you need to try to figure out that corner position. Um, so if that, the offensive line position, right, that, that interior offensive line group, making sure that that's a cohesive unit. I just think that there were much different positions that they could have drafted and even now in hindsight dp um i don't know if we've seen a running back yet but is this a position where you go running back right is this where you go travion henderson and cool we didn't want to pay Dalvin cook all that money but now we have a young guy to grow with justin jefferson and jordan addison so now we kind of got that three-headed monster as far as young guys moving forward so the vikings pick i thought was I didn't really care for that one. Just be not and not the player, right? Brock Bowers, yeah. he could be in the top ten. It's more so for the team. No, I'm 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 with you. I'm really with you on this because of some fact of the matter is it's just really difficult to to justify it. Like doubling down, you're gonna pay TJ Hawkinson a lot of money, and then you're gonna draft Brock Bowers, and it's like, what what where, where are we going with this? You know, yeah. not only not only you know the stuff that you talked about, but Dear God, you need another quarterback. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even mention like, that part. He he's serviceable. He's solid. He's a he's a good guy. You know, and I always call him he's a 20 to 20 quarterback. He looks really good between the 20s. Get him into the red zone and you know stuff like that. So he start to kind of, you know, decision making and everything else is sped up and you know, there's some there's some struggles there. But oh man, for me, it, it's been a couple picks in here for me as well. Oh uh, man, I, I'm gonna go. <clears throat> I'm gonna go right here, number nineteen, to the Chargers selecting Joe Alt for one. If this happens for the Chargers, you know, stock's already up for Justin Herbert, but stock is really up for Justin Herbert. If you if you can get Joe Alt and pair with with Rashawn Slater and Jamari Salyer, probably kicks down in the guard, and you build yourself a, a, a you know a great wall of China up there where where you can't get. You can't get through to get to Justin Herbert, right? You're gonna be able to run the ball, you're gonna do all this type of stuff. The thing for me is that Joe Alt fell to 19. Like, I'm just like, right. wow, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I 19 and, 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 and no, and I agree with you, DP, because I seen I think it was pick 17, Brandon Coleman went the offensive tackle from TCU. And just right now, having watched the film from 2022, right, and moving into this year and ranking these guys somewhat. I don't I don't see in what scenario that happens, right? That Brandon Coleman um, you know, goes that high. I mean, you know what? And I can't even say I don't see what scenario because teams do crazy stuff all the time. I just wouldn't prefer it, right? I wouldn't prefer right. Brandon Coleman going above Joe Up. Yeah, and like I said, it's like I said, it's a tough I ha- I haven't gotten eyes on Brandon Coleman just yet, but Joe Alt is really good. He checks, he's gonna check all the measurables and everything. Strong, 
you know, good, you know, good nimble athlete on his feet for a six foot eight, 315, 20 pounds left tackle. And but the only thing, the only thing about this for me, now in terms of the fit, is who's playing right. Because Rashawn Say has been playing left this entire time in, in the NFL. Right. Right. Yep. And and at college. So now you're taking Joe Alt, who's played, you know, who's who's playing what back to back seasons, you know, to finish out his college career at left tackle. So who's gonna kick over to the right? Because as as we all know, like it's not the easiest thing in the world to just we've seen it with Evan Neal and some other and, and other young tackles. You just pull a guy out of a position where he played he's played his best and tell him to flip his muscle memory and everything else to the opposite side to be dominant in terms of his, his kick slide, his jump sets, everything else, it, that could, you know, that's a little, that's just a very tricky situation that you can get yourself into, um, Keith. But I, I will go to 18 real quick, right above. I was, just, I was literally just about to bring that up, and I was going to ask you how you felt about Pittsburgh Steelers drafting Malik Neighbors with Kenny Pickett and then that wide receiver core. Like, how, how does that mesh for you? I, I think it meshes well. Um, I, I I don't know Deontay Johnson, who is their best separator and route runner by far. He's their top guy, right? Um, I think he only signed like a two year extension, maybe three. So he's not there for the long haul. He's not gonna be there for for another four for the next four or five years unless he re ups. And I think other teams will come suiting for him because you know how much separation he can create and be a, a pivotal piece of our offense. But you got George Pickens, who's on the, on the rookie deal. Uh, they got Calvin Austin, who hopefully being healthy, we can see that dynamic player, you know, play this year. But I think what this tells me, Keith, is that Mike Tomlin understands. I don't – and let me, let me preface this by saying this is no disrespect and no hate to Kenny Pickett. It's just the fact that he understands I don't have a dude at quarterback. I don't have Josh Allen. I don't have Patrick Mahomes. So what do I need to do? Let me give him as many weapons as possible, right? We, we have a two-headed running game. The, hopefully the offensive line is solidified now with Broderick Jones and probably kick Dan Moore in the guard and all that good stuff. The offensive line plays well. You got two tight ends. I mean, adding another wide receiver, you look at it and you say, Kenny Pickett, if this doesn't help elevate you to, a, to, to really contending in the AFC North, now we're going to have to have some discussions on, coming into the 2025 draft class, whether it's Malik – uh, the, the the Malik kid at Texas, uh, whoever's the next quarterback at that particular time, they may be a Pittsburgh Steeler because if you give, you know what I'm saying, if you give um, you, you give Kenny Pickett more and more weapons, uh, offensive line, and if things still don't get better or reach the plateau, this is because Keith, the Pittsburgh Steelers, think about this, it's very similar to going to a blue blood program at college football. The history, the lineage, mm-hmm. Everything you got expectations to handle, man. And if yeah, you no. going into year three and you haven't like met those expectations, a team, a franchise has been in the playoffs, Super Bowls, competing in the AFC North, sometimes being at the top of the AFC North, and you can't get back into that discussion, it, there could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So I, I looked at this from the perspective of I looked at their wide receiver core and for those. Um, you know, for everyone listening at the draft network, the Pittsburgh Steelers were one of my teams that were in my region. So I had to watch, I probably watched 10 to 12 Pittsburgh Steelers games last year, right? I watched a lot of them, like not just watching the game live, like actual film, right? Like I had to, yep. you know, go through the film. And one thing I noticed with their receiving court, everybody usage was so specific, right? Like George Pickens was a vertical guy 
jump ball, right? Deontay Johnson was the slot guy, like you said, the best separator. But the question is, is he a number one? You know what I'm saying? And then you just sprinkle in, you know, what the tight end, Pat Freermuth and things like that. You just sprinkle in a couple other players to where when I seen the Malik Neighbors thing, I'm like, okay, I like it. I just want to make sure that he's the most well-rounded player because they need a well-rounded guy, right? Like they need a guy that can do it all. That's just not yeah. specific and usage because it becomes very, you know what that player is going to do, right? Like if George Pickens lines up against, against me and I'm, you know, opposing cornerback, I know how he's going to try to beat me. You know what I'm saying? And, and George Pickens is a very good football player, but we're just talking about being able to move a guy in different positions and do different things offensively because, like we always talk about, tendencies, once you get to week five, week six, week seven, I mean, defenses know what you're going to do and how you're going to go about beating them, right? So that, that was only the thing. I think it's an interesting selection. Obviously, you know, need Malik Nabors to continue to build on it, but he could be that piece to make this group a more well-rounded group moving forward with dp that wraps up pick what picks 11 through 20 which you know i i think we said we, we were fair about some of the selections right obviously yeah. the brandon coleman was, was was not in on that one being that high the malik neighbors the 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 uh the brock bowers so it's some interesting selections but picks 21 through 32 are coming up next at number 21 we have the new orleans saints selecting cedric van pran center out of georgia at number 22, the Houston Texans, via the trade for Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns, select cornerback out of Penn State, Kalen King. At number 23, the Seattle Seahawks select safety Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. At number 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Chris Abrams Drain, cornerback from Missouri. At number 25, the Cincinnati Bengals go cornerback again with Kalen Carson from Wake Forest. At 26, the Green Bay Packers, via the trade, for Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets, take another defensive player, defensive tackle Mason Smith from uh, LSU. Number 27, the Dallas Cowboys select wide receiver Emeka Ekbuka, Ohio, a wide receiver from Ohio State. Number 28, the Baltimore Ravens select offensive tackle J.C. Latham from Alabama. And number 29, the, wide uh, the San Francisco 49ers select wide receiver Devontae Walker from North Carolina. And number 30, Buffalo Bills select linebacker Smile Munden Jr. Uh, out of Georgia at 31. The Philadelphia Eagles select wide receiver Daquan Felton from Virginia Tech. And at 32, the Kansas City Chiefs select defensive tackle Jerzon Newton out of Illinois. Keith, I want to kick this off right here at the bottom. Jerzon Newton. Um, to the other 31 teams, good luck, all right? Um just good luck. Like, if, if this is the case, that you're going to have Jerzon Newton paired with <laughs> paired with freaking Chris Jones and, and George Karlaftis and whoever else they got on the edge. And, you know, and these linebackers, right? And an and a, a, a up-and-coming young secondary. The biggest, the biggest things teams had on the Chiefs, it's like, listen, man, we really can't stop Mahomes, but we can score in their defense, though. It's it's about to get to a point if this happens that you're not gonna be able to score as much as you think you can on this defense. And if that's the case, if they can hold you to 17, they could put up 42. And that's the scariest part about it, where it starts looking like college games out here in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and those guys. So I think this is a a, a, a fantastic fit for um the Chiefs to get Jerzon Newton, put him, you know, alongside the 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 litany of talent they have on that defensive line. And it's like Justin Herbert. 
You're going to need Joe Alt and Jamari Salyer and Rashawn Slater. You're going to need all those guys, you know, that, that, that on that front line to help protect you. Whoever's playing quarterback for the Raiders, if it's Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, you know, Godspeed, brother. You know, you can't you, – you, it's Godspeed. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and, and Russell Wilson, I mean – that would be another year older. Does he still have the, you know, still have that good athleticism, still can make plays with his legs? Man, the Chiefs, you know, win the AFC West yet again. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. And you, you kind of mentioned when you was reading it off, taking another defensive tackle. And it, it just doesn't, I don't even want to say it. Now, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah, cause I mean, we like because everyone has said this about the Green Bay Packers for the past ten years, but I, I think this time even more than ever, right? Because you just drafted Lucas Van Ness, right? Who is six five, two hundred and seventy five pounds, right? Then you had Devontae Wyatt, who you drafted the year before. You still have I, I forget what Clark it is. Is it Frank Clark that they have? Uh, Kenny Clark. Uh, Kenny Clark. I'm sorry, they, you have Kenny Clark there, right? In in. So that that's that's them, right? And you have the the veteran, and you have two young guys that you've invested, and you just look at this Packers team and say, okay, you know who else? I, I potentially go offensive line, right? Like you haven't seen a Dave that, that David Bakhtiari as far as his consistency and everything he said, you know, on podcasts. I think he you know mentioned some things about Aaron Rodgers and going with Aaron Rodgers or something like that, right? Like just you know. Things what you just don't know, right? So maybe you take a tackle there. I think we JC Latham went after Mason Smith, right? I, I would potentially take JC Latham and plug and play him because even if you're not with the trends of this NFL, right? Even if you're not sold on Jordan Love, what we've seen is is that veterans quarterbacks who are not in winning situations, they're willing to move, right? Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, you know, like these, these quarterbacks have been on a move. So if you don't feel like Jordan Love is the guy, you still draft pieces, right? Like offensively to fill that thing out so you can become a more attractive suitor for a younger quarterback. I mean, or for, for a veteran quarterback to come in and play. And then now you potentially right back in a Super Bowl run. I don't know if Mason Smith helps you transition you know what I'm saying? If Jordan Love is not the guy, then also how like where are you going to play him? Like you're going to have to bump somebody out, either Devontae Wyatt or Lucas Van Ness in that situation. And I mean, you're talking about edges, right? You still have Rashawn Gary who's coming back, who plays multiple positions. You know, so he's another guy that plays multiple positions. So it's like, where are you going to put these guys on the field? I just want to see you mesh it. I, I think the thing, and you said this, you know, off air, I think on air, at some point, the Green Bay Packers defense got to be top ten. Like, yeah, what, yeah, what they, they world, have to man. be. At some point, they have to be. Like, if you're they drafting, that's the problem. Like, you keep drafting defensive players. Okay, fine, but show me a top ten defense. Like, if you're like these should be Pro Bowl caliber football players. No, without question, they should be Pro Bowl caliber football players. Keith, I want I want to you know quickly mention. You talked about J.C. Latham at twenty eight. I got to go to twenty seven, man. Them Dallas Cowboys getting. Wide receiver Mecca Igbuka from Ohio State. I love this, that? man. I love this. We, I, he would bring what we expected from Michael Gallup times two plus more. He because he's a bit to me, he's a better route runner, separator, but he's gonna bring that explosiveness to this offense, right? And, and, and you know, yeah, Brandon Cooks was traded there, but you need because CeeDee Lamb is not a traditional outside receiver vertical threat, you know, especially versus tight man-to-man coverage. He's got ball skills, and I know he, he, he's a solid – he's a good route runner, not great. Uh, his I think his routes are much better versus off coverage than they are versus tight man-to-man. 
yeah. um, and everything. But you put a Mecca Buka alongside, you got yourself up in this offense. That's your one A one B where they're they're both like right there and they they complement each other so well. Where you think about putting them on the same side of the field where a Buka plays outside and. You got, you know, CD and, and, and CD Lamb in the slot. You could put CD Lamb outside, put Ibuka in the slot, then ro- and, uh, motion them down into a into a stack into a stack set where you can't really get hands on whoever you're trying to get the ball to, right? Like you think about Sean McVay and how he's made Cooper Cup's life easy for the Los Angeles Rams. It was like, you know what? You're not getting my, getting your hands on my top receiver. I'm gonna keep him off the ball, and you can get creative on who and, and, and who you want to pinpoint feeding the ball to, Keith. I, I love this man. Uh, I, I think this pick could really, and again, similar to Kenny Pickett, Dak Prescott, who we we're both fans of, but we understand that the, why people are critical of him. Dak, if they give you more weapons, <laughs> them them turnovers gotta come down, big fella. Them turnovers gotta come down, and you gotta you gotta you know, answer the bell come come postseason. So I love the the twenty seventh pick in this mock draft. Yeah, I would say the heat that's on Dak Prescott if if he doesn't play well this year. Who knows who this selection is for, right? Like Emeka Ibuka. And I'm not advocating for getting rid of Dak Prescott. I, I, I right. think he was a solid quarterback, right? Like I I, I just do. I, I think this Dallas Cowboys team and receiver core is just overhyped year after year to where you think that this team should be performing better, but they usually do what they're supposed to do. When you actually look at their roster, you know, you go position group for position group, rank them amongst the NFL's position group per position group. Like, for you know playoff team to get bounced in the first round like that that's just how they're currently constructed and the problem is that they never do anything differently like they don't go fix their problems right they just double down on a situation i do like the addition of stuff on gilmore this year you know to pair him opposite of, of trayvon Diggs. So I, I agree with you. i like the mecca Buka, and then real quick the baltimore ravens taking jc latham if jc latham falls to pick 28 um, insane. and then if the baltimore ravens take him again the baltimore ravens just do what the baltimore ravens do stay put they they watch the film, right? They evaluate the tape. They rank their players. And then when, it, when a, their time comes on the board, they just take the best football player. And it's usually a guy that falls that we like riding the rest of the NFL not take this selection. So I definitely like that pick too. The Baltimore Ravens do one thing so well come on, every, any, every NFL draft. Draft the best player. Like it's just that simple. They do, the, they do it better than most. They just sit back like, hey, man, we ain't drafting top 10. We're going to sit back and chill. Whatever happens, we're going to make our decision and we're going to make it confidently. And they do. And if they can get J.C. Latham to pair with Ronnie Stanley, you talk about giving and, and, and you and you can re-up OBJ. You got, you know, Zay Flower. And, Flau, and Tyler Linderbaum and, at, at Linderbaum, the center position. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson be, back there happy, bro. Lamar yeah. Jackson's back there happy, guys. Definitely crazy, man. Right definitely crazy. That, that's But, AP, that wraps up our mock draft Monday, man. We did picks 1 through 32. Yeah, it's 32 this year. It's not It's not 31 like it was last year because the Dolphins right. are making a selection this year, right? They didn't do anything. I mean, they're not cheating no more. Yeah, they didn't do anything to get draft pick taken, man. But that, that was a fun one, man. We went through, like I said, our guy from Sports Illustrated, went through the mock draft, some names, uh, you know, in rather interesting places, right? And we talked about those. Like we always said, man, we have fun with you guys out every day as we tapping in. It's that summertime vibe. We summertime cool. I hope y'all are enjoying yourselves. I hope that y'all is able to take a vacation. If y'all haven't, man, listen, vacation is just simply a break from what you do in your daily life, right? So if it's an hour drive away, you're trying to go kick it just for a minute, make sure to step away. You spend time with family and loved ones, man. Um, And we appreciate y'all for tapping in with us. Shout out to our everydays. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Thank you all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Like you said, being the family and being our every single day is we love and appreciate y'all on tomorrow's show. We're going to get the scouting notebooks going to open up again. We're almost, you know, we're going to cover the cover. We're almost done. We get into them linebackers. We got three more defensive groups to hit on linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. We're going to get into them linebackers and tell me why I got probably the top three in my region. I'm a happy man because of it. You know what I'm saying? It's a good football to watch. Sorry, Keith. But guys, in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the talent code. Uh, me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Uh, you know, talk to us because we talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 